0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I am one of your co-hosts, better halves, uh, extraordinaires, if you will, Chris Peterson, founder, editor-in-chief of OnStageBlog at OnStageBlog.com, joined with me as always, coming from his vacation, so I'm really excited and, and, and honored that he's joining us this week, Mr. Ben Frawley, how are you, sir?
1: What's up, Chris? What's up, people? What's going on? I'm ready to talk about entertainment. I might be on vacation, but entertainment is never on vacation. It never sleeps. <laughs> it keeps moving and gyrating, and we have to hold on to it and talk about it and- I don't know. It's been a crazy jam packed. We've been, we had two weeks off, Chris, right? Technically, yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, well, yeah, we had the late one. So, but so I've got content out the ears. I'm ready to rock. I just, I don't know. Summertime is awesome. Lots of cool things going on. Lots of not cool things going on. So I can't wait to talk about them. But, Chris, you know, for the people out there, let me break it down for you. If this is your first time, Uh, me and Chris get together once a week. And we talk about five news stories about entertainment. Could be about anything entertainment. So it could be about movies, music, theater, um, musical, straight plays. My God, anything entertainment, baseball, sports, anything entertainment. As I can't wait to do this podcast as we get into the dog days of the NFL season and the World Series and all that. That's going to be so much fun. So uh, the thing is, though, that Chris has no idea what I'm going to talk about, and he has no idea what I'm going to talk about. So you get our live reaction. And at the end of everything, we go YouTube in <laughs> down the rapids of the Internet. But uh Chris, why don't you start us off this week? I can't wait to see what you have jam-packed for us. Oh for my gosh.
0: Week. Yeah, a lot of things. Um you, Ben, you're absolutely right. We took a kind of, technically a week off. Uh I was sick yep. all last week with a terrible sinus infection. So didn't get to really record, but we did release a, a podcast lead. But uh over this past weekend was like the main event of entertainment, you know, hoopla, mecca, so to speak. We had Comic-Con this That's past right. weekend in San Diego. Um, which is now, ironically enough, the second largest Comic-Con in the country. New York is now number one. But a lot of the big events obviously happened during San Diego's uh, edition of this this grand event. And there's a lot to talk about. And, you know, I know we bring five to the table. I got to be honest with you, like number one through three is for me is Comic-Con related, so to oh, speak. Yeah. Um, so we'll just, we'll just talk about it in general. Um, huge event, huge event left and right. But the big news, as expected, was marvel announcing phase four and marvel had been away for a couple years Uh, they had been doing the disney uh, d23 conference which is coming up later on this summer which is their version of comic-con which is why you don't see a lot of disney representation at that event um but marvel was back and they did not disappoint they basically released the entire slate of phase four for not only film but also we're going to get a boatload of of television on disney's new streaming network called disney plus which i'm yep. already gonna i'm like day one whatever how much it costs whatever here it is i'm buying it um but it, it definitely um a lot of a lot of amazing projects coming up very diverse projects coming up uh but ben having seen the full slate and folks if you're if you're wondering hey okay, what is actually phase four consisting of honestly just google it you'll see all the movies there you'll see the sequels the new movies all that stuff Any surprises where you're like, oh, my God, I did not see that project coming uh, for you for Phase 4?
1: For Phase 4, Blade was a big one that dropped. Oh, yeah. Um, That was huge. Um, I'm going to – I always mess up his name. Is it – Mahershala Ali. Mahershala. Thank you. Mahershala Mahershala. Ali is taking over as Blade, um, and um, Wesley Snipes released, like, a little kind of tweet saying, you know, he is actually – honored that all his fans were bummed that he's not coming back, but he said he'll gladly take over the reins or give over the reins to him and just wishes him the best and a better actor couldn't have taken it. So I thought that was really cool that, uh, you know, he took the high road as far as that because of, you know, Wesley Snipes of all the stories behind the scenes and everything. He is an interesting character to say the least. So that was a Mm. pleasant surprise. Maybe he is, you know, quieting down in his old age. (laughs) So that was nice, you know, uh, as long as, you know, you're not the, uh, irs or something he doesn't have anything right i was
0: gonna say person person changes a man so
1: (laughs) maybe sometimes for the better so uh you know but he might be attached to the uh project and have like a little cameo or maybe even a part that'd be really neat um so maybe that's why he's doing the high road uh i thought that they were as expected i just thought i'm just excited to start phase four um james gunn said that um the um the Thor, the new Thor movie will be before guardians three. Right. 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 That was big news. I think that was just today or yesterday too. So there's been lots of little things, Chris, what were, what were some of the things that you were interested in?
0: Well, it's interesting. Like, you know uh, I think like looking at the calendar, phase four only goes up really to 2021, like late 2021. So, you know, we all knew that guardians of the galaxy three was a little bit a ways off because of what happened with james Gunn initially uh same thing with black panther 2 um so you know again i have really no idea where they're going with phase four uh, especially with the titles that they announced i mean eternals is a a, a a property that i had no knowledge of previous to its announcement yep hearing that angelina jolie and richard madden and all these guys are involved okay now you've piqued my interest um but, yeah, it, there were some surprises there. My question for you, though, Ben, because you brought up Blade. If Blade is going to be brought into the MCU, which is, you know, obviously that's what it they looks announced. Like it, right. so it doesn't look like it's going to be a standalone in its own universe, so to speak. Will you – It. The the conflict I had was I need a Blade movie to be rated R. And in right. this MCU, I don't think they can make a rated R film – um so to speak so would you i mean would you be 100 percent on board with a pg-13 blade movie
1: you know i don't know chris they've really pushed the boundaries of what pg-13 is mm. um you know if you do it right you can have you know i mean the first pg-13 movie do you know what the first pg-13 movie was no oh temple of doom Get out of here. Of Doom was wow. the first PG-13 movie yet. Yeah. And you could see why, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's definitely like a kid movie, but there's, you know, a man ripping a man's <laughs> heart out of his chest. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you could still have a level of gore level of adventure and kind of horror elements, you know, and Steven Spielberg was the master of spicing in horror elements, actual deep scares. I mean, I, I, watched, I showed Deacon ET and there's some actual frightening parts of that movie you know, no gore or anything like that, but jumps, you know, and I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot how scary this movie is. <laughs> and, and Deacon's one of those kids that he's fine just watching, uh, you know, anything like action movies. And he was kind of jumping a little part. So I think you can do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, Do I wish it was rated R? Yes. I, I hope it is because, you know, just for the blood factor, we are talking about vampires here. So um, I don't know. And I thought there was lots of diversity coming through oh yeah chris did you hear about that uh there's a marvel uh movie coming out i don't i can't recall the name of it but it's all asian cast yeah shang Chi. um shang Chi, which is just
0: awesome and the funny thing is i didn't know this the guy who got the role has been like lobbying for like the past eight years to play this role on twitter and um, and he got the role, uh, the the title role, this this little known Asian actor, which I'm thrilled for. Um, yeah. Really looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, they announced the cast. And what was hilarious about the announcement is as they announced it, all the um, native Asian fans in the audience went crazy because the folks that they picked literally are some of the biggest Asian cinema stars like in hong kong and china right now um and very little known here in the united states so it was really cool to see the reaction you know uh to the to that cast list so yeah really looking forward to that also really looking forward to this thor movie um which you know thor love and thunder which (laughs) apparently will have i don't know how much chris Hemsworth will actually be in this thing but it's supposedly going to center around tessa thompson's valkyrie character right who who basically was made official that she is LGBT, uh, which is awesome. And, um, and Jane Foster is back in the mix as the female four, which I'm going to be honest with you, Ben, I, I I was not clamoring for a return of Natalie Portman into the universe. I mean, yeah,
1: I thought that was really interesting. I, I mean, it was even shocking when she went, she was in Endgame, and it was even more shocking when she was at like the red carpet and events and stuff. I was like, Oh, I thought they just used footage or deleted scenes that they had from 8 years ago. Right. You know what I mean? I can't believe she actually came back for this.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. The the one I guess you could say the one thing that kind of disappointed me um of of the entire Marvel presentation, so to speak, was the television aspect. Um I, I'll be honest, I'm not I'm not I I'm not excited for a a scarlet witch tv show. I'm just not that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me. Um so to speak in in vision and stuff like that. Um also like a hawkeye tv show. I don't know how invested I'll get in that. But we'll see. I mean, you know, it's all about kicking this this you know network off and, and trying to get as much as I they can out of it. So, um yeah, we'll Right.
1: See. I am excited. I am excited for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Um I love me some Winter Soldier. I love that actor and I love the guy who plays Falcon too. He's great. Um but you know, just being a giant nerd, I know what Scarlet Witch is supposed to be mm-hmm. and how important she is moving forward into this phase. Um, she is probably one of the most powerful of all of the superheroes out there and has a really interesting storyline. So if they do it right and now having a lot more access to X-Men like characters, I think they could do that right. and Hopefully they'll build that up. There you go.
0: Love it, man. Yeah, yeah, Love it. All right, what you got this week?
1: All right, what I got this week, and we'll be dipping back in to uh, some Marvel stuff. But um, this week, I wanted to talk about, I'm going to a lot of concerts uh, this summer. Nice. A lot of music stuff. Uh, I saw this guy named J.J. Gray in Mofro, um, and he's kind of like this kind of cultish kind of character who... Um, I don't know, kind of Southern rock. I would kind of classify him as like rhythm and blues, harmonica, ham and organ. Saw him a couple weeks ago. Great little show at a barbecue joint in Madison County. Um, My parents and I, we just went to uh, Tanglewood last night, brought, brought the little kid there. That was awesome. And then uh, coming up next week, I'm going to go see, um, What do you call it? The Claypool and Lennon Delirium. Have you heard about that band, Chris? No. So that is Les Claypool from Primus. Okay. And Sean Lennon, John Lennon's son. Wow. And they're playing with the Flaming Lips, a great little band. Wow. Um, And so it's a double concert at the Saranac Brewery. It's going to be awesome. Tickets were 40 bucks. I cannot wait. I'm kind of freaking out. But I highly encourage everyone to... Check out the Lennon Claypool delirium. But the reason why I bring all this up is just there's tons of music out there. Um, But over last weekend, I know we had a delay. um, Paul McCartney asked Ringo up to play with him at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. And that kind of went viral on YouTube. Chris, did you see that? I did. I did. Pretty awesome, huh? It was
0: very cool. It was very cool.
1: Yeah. They played Helter Skelter. They did the Sgt. Pepper's uh, uh, Lonely Hearts Club Band Reprise Edition. And just seeing Ringo up there with Paul, it was just kind of cool. And um, I went back through and I watched um, George Harrison living in a material world, and that is the three-hour documentary by um, what do you call it? Martin Scorsese on Netflix. And they, I highly encourage everyone to go to that, go see that. That's right on Netflix. It's a great little find, you know. So I, this podcast is all about just playing catch up sometimes, and that's been sitting on my queue. So check that out. Just a, a music filled summer. So Chris, are you going to see anyone or going to see any music acts this summer?
0: You know what? No, I'm not. And, and I, and I have to be honest, I have not been to a concert in quite a while. Uh, I think the last concert I went to was the police reunion tour at, uh, Yukon's football stadium. And that's like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's going back. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, no, that's, I, I, and I love, I used to love going to concerts all through high school, all summers. I mean. You hate them, but I used to love them. Dave Matthews Band, I would go to them Oof. religiously. Uh, Pearl Jam, Aerosmith, like just all these great, great concerts. One of the best concerts I went to, uh, REO Speedwagon, Journey, and Sticks all together at the Meadows. Um, that was awesome. So yeah, no, it's 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 definitely something that I, I love, love seeing. And you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that whole uh, Ringo Starr, Paul McCartney kind of reunion there, because I saw a video, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel, did this like, you know, questions on the street. Where he asked, like, "What's your?" He asked like teenagers and young people, like, "What's your favorite Paul McCartney song?" Or you know, and some of the teenagers had no idea who Paul McCartney was, and I found that so incredibly sad and disturbing. And I'm like, "Oh my god, that that can't be!" So I actually went to see the movie uh, yesterday. Did you get to see that movie yet?
1: I didn't. What did you think of it?
0: You know, it's it's a sweet, predictable romantic comedy. But okay. at, at the same time, it makes you just so freaking appreciative of Beatles music. And, you know, a lot of people, I don't know, if like it's it sounds, you know, you know, too generic to say, you know, the Beatles are one of the greatest bands of all time, if not the greatest band of all time. Um, but it's true. I mean, their music is just so freaking good. And that movie does such a great job of celebrating that music and um Getting, you know, it, it's it's throughout the entire film. um So yeah, I I do I love the fact that Paul McCartney's still touring. I love the fact that he brought Ringo star up because it's just a nice reminder of how the brilliance of of those guys when they were together. So
1: right, and there's another video. Uh, did you see the one where Joe Walsh came out and played with him? No. Oh yeah, there's another one. So Google Google that. It's Paul McCartney has Joe Walsh out, and that's a great video. They play the end of Abbey Road. Uh, oh wonderful yeah i love that that song so but uh let me chris i'm gonna jump ahead to my second piece too um so speaking of music me and my sister my sister and i went to uh boston to see weird al yankovic on sunday too (laughs) i saw
0: saw you post about that yeah
1: and let me tell you so this was our this was one of our first concerts so that's why i got it for, for her birthday we had an absolute blast um and this was with strings attached is the name of the tour that he's on. And he brought out a 41 piece orchestra with him on stage and it was an experience. So it was such an experience that, um, I don't know, it sounded great. And he played songs that he normally wouldn't play. I, I don't know if you're familiar with his entire catalog but uh i celebrate the enti- the man's entire catalog. <laughs> he has a version of macarthur park called jurassic park are you familiar with that <laughs> no, that's awesome. you have to you have to just watch the youtube video but he came out and you know how that song macarthur park is all strings it's like a giant orchestra with yeah. like a horn section he came out and it sounded amazing his voice is amazing i'm not lying it was crazy they, they played crazy songs. They played Harvey the Wonder Hamster. Great, great song with a 41-piece orchestra. Um, but you know what? Your point again, Chris. So I'm sitting there and there's people my age with their kind of, you know, 5 to 12-year-olds. You know what I mean? That's the range of the kids there um, mm-hmm. running around. And we all know the songs. Like the parents knew the songs. And then the kids, very proud of all these kids. They knew all the, the words to Yoda and the uh, saga continues the Star Wars song.
0: Oh, wonderful. Yeah. They knew
1: all the words and we're all singing them. And then there's this age range. There's this gap. And you could just tell that there was these, I mean, for a better lack of a better term, there's these D bags <laughs> that were probably from the age of 21 to 25. And they had no idea how we knew this music. And they were actually like laughing at us. And yeah. I don't know how they got there. If they just got comp tickets or it was very weird. So it was like these college kids. And I'm like, where are these kids doing here? Did yes, they're for those guys. Yeah, it was so weird, and like it reminded me of that story you just told me about, just how no one knows who Paul McCartney and John Lennon are. Like these kids were so out of their element. Not to say that you know, listen, this is a very nerdy thing to know all the words to, like "You Don't Love Me Anymore" by Weird Al, or or Jurassic Park, or something. But just that they didn't get it. I don't think that they understood that. I don't even under, I don't even think they understood that he was making fun of music. Right. If that makes it, then that's his bread and butter. So, like, if you were just sitting there watching this, you wouldn't get it either. You'd be like, "Why is he singing about Jurassic Park?" It's like, no, he's parodying a song. I don't know. So, there's something lost in translation with certain generations now.
0: Right. I, you know, Weird Al Yankovic is someone who I adore, um, and a lot of people, you know, criticize how I guess you say like, you know, it's easy for him because he doesn't like, you know, it's not creating original music. But I'm like, it's actually hard because you're writing, you're you're doing parodies. You got to come up with the lyrics. It's got to be good. And it's got to make sense. And actually his last album, which I loved um, because he made basically a music video for every single song that he.
1: Oh yeah. The one with foil on it. And foil. Yeah. And and the word, word, oh, he did word crimes too. Word crimes,
0: which is a brilliant freaking song. Um, You know, that, I don't think it gets enough credit in, in a lot of ways. Let me ask you this, Ben. I, I read that, I think I read an interview where. He said he wasn't going to perform any more Michael Jackson parodies live anymore. Did he do that in the concert?
1: He did not. There you go. And I didn't know that was a chosen thing. I like, And you know what? I didn't really miss it. Right. It, which is insane. Those are two of his big song, biggest songs ever. You know what I mean? When you think of Weird Al, it's hard not to think of those songs. But he had so much material, and we were laughing. So you're like, I highly encourage, if he's coming around, and this is a giant tour he's doing, if he's around you, the tickets weren't that much, go check it out. Because you're laughing, but at the same time, he hires local musicians to be the 41-piece orchestra, and it's a full sound. And before he comes out on stage, he does they ha- he has them play um, the theme to Indiana Jones, Superman, and uh, Return of the Jedi. Amazing! So before he even comes out, so it's almost like going to Tanglewood, like seeing classical music played of like your favorite movie themes, and so that was a blast. You got to watch that, and then at the end, they all came out in stormtrooper outfits. Uh, <laughs> Light Darth Vader and a full working, uh, C-3PO. It was kind of, or R2-D2, sorry, R2-D2. It was, it was awesome.
0: That's amazing. And you know, it's very rare that you find or can see live the, the greatest, I guess you could call it musician or artist of their genre live. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, you know, he took what Dr. Demento did and put it into the stratosphere and no one touches him, you know, and it's, you know, when a lot of these other acts come up and try to do these parody songs, everybody compares them to Weird Al. So um, that's awesome, man. I'm so glad that you got to see that live.
1: Yeah, it I hope was great. It was such an, that's awesome. I know it was such an event. And like in between. So there were costume changes. He still did Smells Like Nirvana, mm. um, which was awesome. He came out and uh, dressed like Kurt Cobain. And then as I'm sitting there, I said to my sister, I go, you know, this is the only artist that you would be able to see perform a song like the original nirvana like no one's touring as nirvana and hasn't in a long time right so like why like I, that kind of blew my mind too like when the song came out you're like ha, ha ha but now he's the only artist to play that song pretty much live for the past 20 years mm. which is kind of a weird thing to think about
0: <laughs> unbelievable
1: 100. Yeah, it was great. So, just a great, great experience. I just had to give my review. Just go see it. You you will not be disappointed. You'll laugh and then still get kind of cultured. And if you have young kids, you kind of get them into classical music. And it was great. He 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 would scream out in the middle of like his performance. You go oboe solo and have like the oboist stand up and just like play one note and everyone was like, yeah. It was so funny, dude. It was
0: awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right. So back to Comic Con. Yes. quick. Um, We got a bunch of um trailers and surprises and things like that for movies coming up in the next year. But one one trailer that was not expected, that was definitely a surprise on the first day, no less, was the Top Gun sequel, Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. Oh,
1: yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's
0: talk about that. Okay. I saw it. I lost my shit. I won't lie. <laughs> and I love that. Okay. This is going to sound – I always feel weird – praising tom cruise this much but i love that i'm living in an era where tom cruise is just doing this like just doing kick-ass movies he's like in a jackie chan mode where i'm just gonna put my body through hell for the camera and there's like never been a better time for top gun sequel than right now and i'm so glad we didn't get it in the 90s because it likely would have been terrible um ben your thoughts on top gun maverick
1: i'm all right through my head I mean, yes, it looks great. You'll get to see it with better graphics and stuff. And that'll probably be the draw. But Chris, doesn't it look like the same exact movie? It looks like the
0: same movie (laughs) with a different cast.
1: Yeah. Like, which isn't a bad thing. That'd be wild. If you just rolled out same script, that'd be wild. If it was the same exact script with a couple changes, like if they just rolled out this trailer with some new dialogue, but that isn't even in the movie. They just have him just playing the same part are we getting to that part point where we have so many reboots and people buying IP that are we just going to take the old script and start refilming it because it kind of looked like it. it's him on the motorcycle. It's him. It's someone playing goose, playing music in a bar somewhere. It's just, I, I, I don't know, Chris. I found out and,
0: that that's actually miles Teller playing goose's son.
1: Oh, <laughs> so
0: like he's literally <laughs> playing, and i wonder if we're going to get a meg ryan cameo or not i don't know but um yeah it no it, it was one of those movies where i'm watching it i'm like what is the plot of this movie like what <laughs> that that trailer gave me nothing in terms of plot gave me a lot of visuals we got i think we're getting a shirtless football game on the beach
1: like that looks here, great here you i go. love beach sports and movies <laughs>
0: like, as long as there's as long as we're getting some shirtless uh something some sports on the beach i'm i'm good with it
1: but um <laughs> there's a great movie uh it's the only beach volleyball movie. It's called side out. You ever seen that? Chris, (laughs) that's an eighties classic. The dude from 30 somethings in it. Definitely (laughs) check it out. It's good. It probably isn't good. I haven't watched it in 20 (laughs) years, but (laughs) if I recall, it was a great rental.
0: I got to check that out. I got to check that out. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I I think these, these, uh, you know, member berries uh, type of, of sequels and reboots and things like that are, are hit or miss these days in Hollywood um i think there's definitely sequel and and remake fatigue right now with audiences but with top gun i don't know i don't know tom cruise is riding a high right now and the, the the footage from inside the cockpit in those couple scenes that they showed i mean i don't know how they filmed that but it obviously looks like he's actually flying the actual plane um and apparently they shot they actually shot like that's tom cruise riding in the plane obviously he's not flying it himself but
1: but he might be in the back seat. He like, might be you in know, the back seat. The yeah, yeah. Right. Right.
0: And I'm like, that's just sick. Um, so, I'm just thinking, like, I'm gonna go see this movie in IMAX. Like, I want to go see it in IMAX. Maybe 3D. I don't know. But like, I just want to go and I want to throw up during this movie. So, um,
1: <laughs> IMAX would be intense. <laughs> oh,
0: I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm I'm looking forward to it. again. I have no idea what this movie's about. I love the fact that John Hamm's in it. I love the fact that Ed yeah. Harris is taking over like, the Tom Skerritt, uh type of role jennifer connelly's in this thing like it's this cast is insane and uh yeah we'll see
1: well i think you know i think it's smart of the studio to wheel out a trailer like this during comic-con so you know just as a business aspect and this will kind of bring me into my next topic is you know this summer is like the summer of hell and i've said that before as far as box office gross and just a ton of misses and a ton of these reboots and they just kind of don't go anywhere right Um, And I think it's very smart as a business, as a studio, to break out a trailer like this so they can tell their stockholders, hey, look, we got new stuff planned for next year. And it's an easy kind of movie to make. I mean, we're on the heels of Lion King that did not get good reviews at all. Um, It's like I think it's 50 percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And it's Mm just uh, people are just kind of kids weren't entertained, which is that's, that's it. You know, I can critique the secret life of pets too all day, but that's stupid because my kid loved it. You know what I mean? So that's the whole point of those movies is if your kid's entertained, if I brought my kid (laughs) to a movie and I paid a billion dollars, to go see the movie with him. And then he hated the movie and wanted to leave after 15, I'd be so super pissed.
0: (laughs) That was me. That was me for hotel Transylvania three. And oh I was so angry because so uh, it was like 30 bucks for the two of us Oh, so.
1: I know exactly um so anyway but I'm, I I want to talk about um, Netflix had its first losing quarter yeah. as far as memberships for the first time since it went public I believe
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, Chris what do you think of that when you heard that what what's what do you think is going on there you
0: know it's not surprising. If, if that sounds if, if I don't think that's a hot take um it's it's getting a little expensive I mean they're, they're, every single year they're raising their memberships um so I think some people are like is this really truly worth it um and also I think when it comes to you gotta see it content so to speak they don't have a lot they really don't right i mean stranger things but even i mean i'll I'll use use an example I mean you weren't exactly like chomping out of the best to see stranger things after season two
1: i still still haven't watched so still, still haven't watched it so um <laughs> i know. got too much to watch but and that's just kind of sitting there like yeah whatever i like i could have watched three episodes but i watched the george harrison documentary from 2016 so
0: right i mean i'll be honest with you when i went on when i'm watching netflix um you know, I'm not. I'm not watching a lot of their original content now. Right? It's a lot of their the movies and some of the TV shows that I can watch on other channels, but I choose to watch on, on Netflix, things like that. So yeah, they just don't have a lot of that. Oh my God, I got to get Netflix to watch this, so to speak. I think the other problem too is a lot of their properties that they have on there, I can get on other streaming networks. I can get it through other ways. I can get it on iTunes. I can get it on. Who's just
1: going to say that? Right. Exactly.
0: Right. So. Yeah. That, that doesn't surprise me. What does surprise me though, is their, I guess you could say their loss in value. Did you, did you read that they lost like 12 billion in, in value or something like that?
1: Yeah, it was, that was insane. And insane. like, cause they were, they were projecting a, a S like a small rise in value. Like they always had and they, mm-hmm. they totally underestimated the loss. Right. Um, and you know, and I listened to some podcasts and read some articles about it, um, but here's a hot here's a hot take, Chris. Go for it. Ready? Go for it. And this brings me back to what I just said about you know those twenty somethings watching Weird Al, laughing at me, knowing all the words or something like that, just not getting it. There, there's that disconnect. Here's a hot take: Are we getting to a place where television, the way it is, you know, f- formatted to forty five minutes to an hour episodes and movies? formatted to an hour and a half to two hours. Is it too much for the generation coming up now? Is it a lost format? And do they not even know how to enjoy it? Ooh. So it's not necessarily a Netflix problem. It's not necessarily a a going to the movies problem. It's a, the thing they're putting out no longer has value.
0: It's a great question. I think, I think there's something to that. I think we've moved beyond the savoring culture, if that makes sense. Yeah. We savor what we're, what we're watching or consuming as much as we used to. I think. Um, yeah, I think I, think I got we,
1: what you're saying. I yeah. got what you're saying. Yeah. And like, yes, yeah, savoring. So like, you know, I remember when, we, like when we were younger, Chris, like we would go rent the same movie, AKA we'd rent clerks over and over again just to watch yep. it and we'd savor it and we'd memorize it and we'd go to school and we'd quote the thing under our breath usually because you really can't quote clerks when you're in like social studies or something. Um, but now it's all about the new content. What's next. Okay. I binged watched season three. Now I'm ready for season four of this. And so, and from when I spoke about social media, for example, you're not really retaining knowledge because there's always new knowledge to be learned out there. Like I could flip on my Facebook right now and, not even, it'll be brand new content from all my friends. And huh. what gets risky about that is you don't retain knowledge. You're just constantly, you're like a goldfish going back. It's, it's actually addiction. You're going back for more because you've already forgot that you did it two seconds ago. It's um, a good point. You, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah I, and I, yeah, that's, that's what I, th- that's kind of my hot take. When I heard that I go, I, you know, and of course there's new, the new dizzy thing coming out, but that's not out yet. And Hulu has been there. You know, nothing's really changing yet. It changes coming down the pike, but for it to ha- take such a hit right now was very alarming and it made me kind of go to that place.
0: Right. I think, and, and, and to your point, I think the, in terms of the streaming networks, Amazon is really the one that is, you can see that they're going to push, they're going to make their thing be the, you got to see this content on their thing. I mean, they already have a great show called Good Omens on, on Amazon, which everybody's talking right. about. That's like the new hot Thing especially for the comic-con culture i mean their cosplay was off the charts this year apparently um they've got the witcher coming out next year which apparently is going to be their answer to game of thrones which a lot of people are excited about um and then you got lord of the rings coming on and so again they're the ones that are really like saying okay we're gonna we're gonna try to create that must watch must subscribe to see this type of programming and and netflix doesn't really have anything on the horizon i mean they didn't do anything big at comic-con which was surprising i was i was expecting them to do a whole like day in hall h where
1: they right. do, you
0: know show show after show they didn't do anything so um it's
1: it's weird it's very weird You're, I which think- is really alarming because yeah. isn't the irishman coming out in september I think so. That's going to be their big
0: Oscar contender that year. Yeah.
1: Of course. And they didn't have a trailer for this giant platform right here, which is really odd. And remember I read that story maybe like a month ago about Scorsese, how he had his concerns about the anti-aging CGI process. You're right. Um, yeah. Or so are we going to have a delay on that movie or something?
0: Oh Gosh, I hope not. Okay. Wow. Good stuff though. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, that that, that was kind of my hot take of the week and i just feel change coming i mean even on our even on our podcast we still have a youtubing segment because people's attention spans are reduced to nothing now you know what i mean i love you i love me some youtubing but i can't just do that i need some movies i need to grab onto some stuff and but that's that's me are we in a dying format because we have the entertainment podcast and all the things we're talking about is like I don't know. It's kind of a scary oh thing. Gosh, we're
0: going, We're in a meta upon meta now. Um, you know, but I definitely feel that pressure though. Cause like, I remember like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to compete with other theater websites and I see what they're doing on Facebook. So it's like, I gotta, you know, put up five or six posts a day and I gotta make sure that they are posts that are going to get attention and, you know, reactions and stuff like that. And so I'm constantly thinking in my head, okay, I just posted that. That'll get, you know, a thousand views in the next, you know, t- 12 hours, but I gotta have something else ready to go in the next couple hours to refresh their interest. I mean, it's, it really is, I you, I can feel that pressure, you know, just on this Facebook page alone. So I can't even imagine what these billion dollar companies must go through.
1: I know. And, and we talked about, I mean, even the last podcast, we talked about how people are willing to say risky things or push out content and reviews that aren't really necessary because they just mm-hmm. need to fill that void where, you know, I, I feel like a week is good for us to do this podcast. It's enough time to, you know, juggle some stories, think about what's really important to me, you know, to really, because when I go see a movie, I like to think about it for a couple of days and then go, okay, I think I got my review and then I'll say it on the air. But if you're just constantly pushing out that content at a certain point, you're going to devalue yourself. Right. Um. You know, I, I, I love the entertainment blogs and the entertainment podcasts I listen to, but Sometimes they'll have these takes about these comedy movies or these new releases. And I'm like, that movie sucked. What are they talking about? And it really makes me question their value as a reviewer. Right. Like, is this guy really just not on the take or something? Now that they have some, you know, that I don't know, comedy central has them in their back pocket or some studio has them in their back pocket, but you kind of get that sense. Like, Oh, he just reviews and he just doesn't even know what he's talking about.
0: Yeah. Huh?
1: Um, and that's what happens when you push out content that quick and it's, it can be very frightening. Wow.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. Good stuff though, man. Good. That was, that was a yeah, great dude. discussion. Well, love your take on that. Um, all right. Back to comic-con one more time for me.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah. Cause I'm glad cause I, I didn't do a lot from comic-con. So keep going.
0: Good. Okay. Perfect. So you actually, we actually just brought him up in this discussion. We mentioned clerks. Yep. So let's talk about Kevin Smith real quick. Um, oh, excellent. At, at comic-con. We got not only the the official announcement, obviously, but we also got a, a Red Band trailer for the upcoming Jay and Silent Bob reboot, um, which I think is called Jay and Silent Bob Rebooted or something like that. Or Get <laughs> right. Rebooted. Um, and they they show the trailer um, and, you know, for you and I who are over the top huge fans of the View Ask You universe consumed all of them multiple times. I mean, gosh, just worship at the altar of
1: that. Talk about, savoring. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: talk about savoring by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I gotta be honest with you. I watched that red band trailer. I didn't laugh a lot and it, it made me nervous and it made me nervous because Jane and Silent Bob Strike back wasn't great either. Uh, I remember watching that in the theaters and wanting to love it and just not loving it. Um, So I'm nervous that this is not going to be great and, and simply consistent with the the quality of writing that we've gotten from Kevin Smith really in the past 10 years uh, with a lot of his films. How are you feeling about this reboot? Kevin Smith in general as a writer director, has he lost his touch the whole nine yards? Give me everything. What do you think?
1: Oh, it's so tough because you know, the first three movies of him of his are great movies I still, I still think Clerks really holds up to this day. Uh, Mallrats has some iffy kind of parts that haven't held up really well. Um, and Chasing Amy, I haven't gone back to that one yet, but I, I can't see that one aging well as well. Um, I would hate to think that one of my first favorite directors when I was a kid that really got me into thinking about film and talking like I like we do about film and stuff and really savoring it and talking about all those topics if was he just a flash in the pan kind of thing that would really break my heart. Um, and I get why he's doing it. He had, he had major personal stuff, the major heart attack and made him, you know, kind of wake up and say, I need to do something else with Jane silent Bob. Um, but it is tough. It's tough. I, I can see, I can see where he's at. You know, he wants to do something in the VSQ universe and he wants to do something, but, at a certain point, when do you say that's it? You know, I thought right. clerks two was good enough. Um, they made it just in time. Like, I think if they made it now, uh, it'd be way too late. So I'm hoping that it's not going back to the same well over and over again. And I, I don't know. I Just like, I I don't know if it's going to be good enough to push through to a new audience. Mm-hmm. There's going to be you and me who get all the meta jokes and making fun of himself and nineties film culture, but then those goddamn 20-year-olds at that Weird Al concert. <laughs> I keep going back to them because they're the people that are driving the box office and not going to the movies and sitting on their phones and going, this is stupid, let's go. And then going to do whatever 20-year-olds do. I don't know. And I don't think he's going to push through to that. It'll be a meta commentary on film and stuff. That's the best I can hope for it. Is right. He has a really good take on the film industry. And we But we kind of got that with Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back. So I hope he has some different views about what is going on in the film industry, which I know he does. Cause I've listened to his podcast multiple times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Chris, what were your thoughts on that? That's kind of my take on it. I, I am scared.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had the same feelings about the movie glass that came out uh, with M night Shyamalan. Um, right. Where I was like, great idea, but I don't want you anywhere near it. <laughs> like give it to someone else. Um, because I think you're going to screw it up. And and sure enough, M Knight did, because glass is terrible. And I kind of feel the same way about Kevin Smith, where it's like you're going back to your most treasured properties. And let's be honest, I think what really worked about Jay and Silent Bob was they work in small doses. Their cameos in those movies were priceless. But when you center a movie around those characters, they it's it's a little tougher. And um I, I just don't know if if based on the the work that Kevin Smith has done since then, really since Jersey Girl, if we if we if we want to go back, um, does does that you know warrant a return to this this universe? And I much it's one of the things where it's like I wish he had given it to someone else and like said, okay, you know the 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 Kevin Smith coaching tree, so to speak, of people that that came from underneath him, like here you go. Um, you make this movie, I'll be in it, but you make it right I, I wonder if that would have been the better idea like you know, give it to the Russo brothers I don't know you know somebody um who who you know loves those characters in a different way than Kevin Smith does and could potentially do something you know really really interesting with it. so I don't know I just I saw this trailer and I just got nervous. I was like, oh no, and then I'm hearing you know he did a bunch of interviews obviously during the weekend um that he says he wants to make clerks three, and I'm like, ah. Like, I don't know. I don't think I want that as a fan. I don't he know.
1: always he always said that he would make Clerks in Space. That was Clerks Three. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but no, and and you know, speaking of that, just to piggyback on that, he, I guess he is doing a live reading of the Clerks Three script the never made Clerks Three. Okay. Script for charity. Yeah. So that's that's kind of cool. Like I just think he needs to. Uh, I'm more interested in listening about Kevin Smith talk about entertainment.
0: Right, right.
1: And maybe even write a book about, you know, being a filmmaker and stuff. That I think that's fine. But just when you get into these little, I don't know, this, I don't know if film is where he needs to be right now. There's lots of TV he could be doing. I love it when he talks about comic books. He should be doing a kind of Deadpool movie or something like that. Kevin Smith, Deadpool movie would be right. I don't understand why that's not happening. Or uh, Kevin Smith Daredevil movie. Now that that property's out there, uh, maybe he's still pushing for something like that. He has enough knowledge. He has enough kind of wit about him that would lend itself to that kind of storytelling. I I, I don't know, Chris. I'm nervous.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see, my man. All right. What else you got? All
1: right. Um. So talking about this podcast, I always try to play catch up. I have a lot of uh, music-based stuff, and Chris. I, um, I saw a trailer for this show years ago, never got to watch it. And the trailer or the show is tales from the tour bus produced by Mike judge. Did you, oh, cool. have you heard about this?
0: No, but that sounds awesome.
1: I know, I know. And it is awesome and everyone needs to get it. And a couple people have been texting me that they listen to our podcast and we kind of give them hints into what to watch and what's good out there. And if you love music, if you love Beavis and Butthead, you would love this show. <laughs> So let me just break this show down. So Mike Judge talks about some artists. So there's only two seasons out. I think a third one's coming out this year. Uh, The first season's all about country. So he's talking about um, country and like rock. So he he talks about Jerry Lewis. And so the way the, the format of the show is it's Mike Judge talking to the camera, but it's animated, just like old school Beavis and Butthead. And he's holding an album and then talks about the history of an artist and has interviews, but they're all animated Beavis and Butthead style. And then they talk about crazy things that happened on tour and they animate them in that very basic style. And Mike Judge, you know, he uh, narrates the whole thing. So you pretty much have Butthead narrating the whole (laughs) thing, that voice of his. It is one of the funniest shows ever. And it just kind of slipped through the cracks. It's on Cinemax. You can order it on Hulu. Um, And then the second season... Um, I watched uh, George Clinton, which was a riot. He had a whole episode on Morris Day and the effing time. Get out of here. And it was so funny. Like, there's one part, I got to spoil this one part. I just can't, I can't help it. Okay. I, I can't help it. Um, one of the guys in Morris Day's band was like, we used to rehearse in the space with this guy. He was like this badass kind of shit kicking guy. And he's like, I got two rules for you no one touch my juicer or any of my titty lamps. <laughs> And he had these lamps in the shape of a woman's bust, and then, of course, one of the band members gets stoned or something, and then uses the juicer and then breaks the titty lamp. Oh, my God. It was funny. I was on the floor laughing. I was sorry. And it's animated like Beavis in Butthead. and it's so funny, and it's real interviews. The George Clinton ones are great, and then there's a two-part Rick James one, which oh, any it. Rick James content out there, and just... <laughs> I didn't realize that Rick Rick James went back to Buffalo, New York after he was famous and he just, they get into the hijinks and oh my God, high, high recommendation from me. I'm not done with the thing. I, there's still like a Waylon Jennings one, which I cannot oh, wait to get into Waylon it. Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's just Chris high recommendation on all regards. The, the concept, the follow through everything. I hope it comes back for a third season. It is so good. I haven't heard about the show at all. You haven't heard about it. Nope. It's just sitting there's just so much content out there, and sometimes these things fall through the cracks. So if you're out there listening, please jump on this. There's little YouTube clips that give you an idea and to give you a little taste. There's a couple of Rick James ones that are really funny. Um, check it out.
0: High I love recommendation. It. I mean, I'm I'm I love music tour stories. Like you, that's why I love like rockumentaries and like books that come out after the fact and stuff like that. Just hearing tales from the road. So I can't wait. I'm gonna after we're done recording, I'm gonna go upstairs. And I'm gonna make my wife watch this with me. Cause it's, it just yeah.
1: sounds amazing. So it's, love it's band. so amazing. And uh, well, you know, and speaking of Kevin Smith, there's a guy from the nineties, Mike judge who took his talents and didn't keep going back to the wealth with Beavis and butthead, you know, produces and writes and directs Silicon Valley, a freaking hilarious show amazing. Um, made office space and, you know, um, uh, idiocracy and all these other movies that are just cult classics. And he's just, revered in this high regard because of that. Cause he's a great producer. He's a great everything. He, and this show is just him at the peak of his powers. And I can't believe we haven't heard more about this. This show is great. Like real interviews with, with George Clinton, real interviews with like Bootsy Collins, <sighs> real interviews with Morris day. And they animate them as you're watching it. And which just adds to the comedy and the ridiculousness of everything. And they're just talking about the seventies and the eighties. So great! It's as great as I'm telling you. <laughs> I can't wait to rewatch it. That's how good this is.
0: Oh, I love it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, dude.
1: That was my that was my big recommendation. Well, it's
0: funny you bring up Silicon Valley because yes, I have said that for for years. This is one of the most underrated, under awarded comedies on television. Period. It's freaking hilarious. Um, and one of those awards that constantly ignores it is the Emmys. And we had our Emmy nominations come out
1: last week. Oh right. Okay.
0: And once again, they completely ignored billions. Like, I don't think billions got a single nomination. Um and Are if you just it going was...
1: crazy or is is there a sh- <laughs> Are we making up billions? Is is it actually airing? Is wait maybe it's in right. our head? Like it's a collective right, dream. Right. All right. Well, now this now there's like a Shutter Island kind of aspect to our lives right now. Right. Are we actually broadcasting this podcast, or are we just kind of locked in the matrix? And people are just oh yeah, there's this show called Billions. I mean, what the shit?
0: I I don't get it. And I said to myself, if there was ever a season to nominate Billions for anything, this was it.
1: Writing, this was it. Acting. This was it. Writing, acting. I mean, even the even Dollar Bill and all the sli- side players were on their oh peak God. games. Remember the episode where Dollar Bill almost polluted the entire food table on the earth <laughs> with, the, with the dead chicken. That episode was so clever and amazing oh, and just Oh my God. I don't get it, Chris. I don't get it. I I just don't. And and
0: thankfully I'm not alone because after the nominations came out, there were, uh, I just looked up billions Emmys and there were a slew of articles saying like, why do they ignore billions? Like, why do, like, what happened? What, what is it about? Is it, is it, did, did, did did Brian Koppelman say something about the Emmys years ago? And they're like, we're not going to recognize any of his his (laughs) programs and whatnot. And ironically, like succession which i would call like dark billions got nominated for best drama so it's like i don't get it i don't get it
1: and i don't get that either because i remember watching billions a couple seasons ago and they had that scene with the crazy little birds that they eat remember yes (laughs) you know what i'm talking about and then succession did the same thing in the first season and it was really close together it was like a month apart and i was like Wait, is this the same writers or something like that? I mean, not to say that they stole that idea, because I, I think that's just a rich person thing to right. do, apparently. <laughs> Which we will do <laughs> someday. You I will do that
0: someday. There you go.
1: Awesome. <laughs> that's that's how we knew we made it. We put the towel <laughs> on our heads and we eat <laughs> the little bird or whatever the little chicken. D I forget the but name. But like bird. from I don't know. yeah, from so Wags
0: weird. to um, Asia K. Dillon's character to I mean, freaking. Um, like uh Bobby's girlfriend this season. I thought she deserved a, a guest Emmy. You know, supporting Emmy for that.
1: She was, she was great. great.
0: So I I just don't I I'm done. I'm done with the Emmys. I hate I hate everything that they do. You know, we're probably going to get the same, you know, what they do. I just they they keep giving the same awards to the same people for like season 5 of their work. Um and I'm like ra- really? Like we're not going to recognize this show just once with a nomination? I don't get it. I'm I'm just done. So screw the Emmys for for ignoring billions and ignoring a lot of other really award-worthy work this year uh, to therefore give Game of Thrones 32 nominations, apparently. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, did... I don't know. I don't get it.
0: Like, I love Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones. I was actually not down on the last season, as a lot of other fans were, but I don't think it deserved 32 nominations. I'm gonna be honest with you. (laughs) No. Come on. So, uh, I mean, I love me some Amelia Clark, but... I don't, there was nothing that she did this season. That I thought was like, man, that's an Emmy right there. She just earned herself an Emmy. <laughs> like none of that happened.
1: So no. And it was a, and it was a short season too. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, of all the things to complain about last game of Thrones, I mean, seven, eight episodes and some of them were pretty quick and I don't know. <laughs> some of them were, <laughs> I I don't know. There weren't, they weren't billions. They weren't edge of your seat. My God, I'm going to quote that for the rest of my life kind of shows Right.
0: Clancy Brown, oh get God. Clancy Brown a nomination for guest actor. Like, uh, uh, just,
1: just for his character's uh, name, <laughs> Jock Jeffco. I don't know. Uh, and the Emmy goes to for best character name. <laughs> Billions, Jock Jeffco. And this is
0: the first year that I'm like, you know what? Give give the guy who plays the father a nomination. Like, he, oh. he was excellent this season. If anybody deserved oh. a nomination this season, him and Asia K. Dillon, those two, like give them those two. <laughs> Whatever. Excellent. all right I'm, i can't i'm gonna get Ugh. i'm gonna start i'm gonna throw, start throwing you're
1: getting I'm angry, angry. you getting pissed I'm getting
0: angry. what's your number five <laughs> was
1: that your number four was That my number four? was that my number that five. was my four okay um so for my number four i think i jumped around or something like that um but we're kind of just rolling um i want to talk about a movie that i watched and chris forgive me if i brought this up last mm-hmm. week the movie is standoff at sparrow creek have you seen that no and
0: i don't think you mentioned it last week so yeah
1: okay excellent um, this mo- so sorry, folks, I've just been playing catch up with um, last year's movies and this movie, I believe it's on Amazon Prime now. Prime or Hulu? One of the one of the streaming services for free. Just go watch it. If you Google it, stand off at Sparrow Creek. And what can I tell you about this movie? This movie is a low budget um, cast of people that you would say, oh, it's that person, you know, a, a cast full of that guy you'd be like oh yeah i've seen that guy in a billion things and it's a crime thriller psychological thriller i likened it to reservoir dogs um the writing is great the acting is great the plot is great there's twists and turns in it um a great little film that was just kind of ignored and kind of came and went and i heard about it um, through some podcasts and people it was on like people's like lists of like favorite movies of the year and i was like what is this movie and i check, checked it out it was engaging. It was smart, clever. It was kind of a movie that doesn't get made anymore. Mm. You know how we talk about um, on this pod and other pods, they, they talk about how these small kind of indie movies don't get made. Like in today's day and age, Reservoir Dogs never gets made. Nope. It doesn't have a superhero in it. And it doesn't have like a, a super duper cast celebrity all-star cast and it's not based on a show from the 70s (laughs) so (laughs) it'll never get made um and then we'll never have quentin tarantino um so i highly recommend this so you know between the mike judge show and standoff at sparrow creek check them out uh chris what was the last time you saw a really good kind of crime thriller thriller show or movie what's what's kind of your your thing oh gosh um is that your genre it's not my, you know, it's weird. It's
0: not my go-to genre, but I'm never not going to, to say no to it. If that makes sense. Like if someone says, you know, Hey, let's go see this, you know, murder mystery movie. I'm like, okay, let's do it. But it would never be my initial, like, let's go see that, you know, type of thing. Um, I'm trying to think like, what was the last one that I was really, you know, it's, it's interesting. Nowadays we're into this whole thing, like the murder porn era, so to speak with these right. documentary style ones. Um So I've been, me and my wife watch a lot of those. But really, like, I think the last one that really caught my attention that was, like, amazing was um, Gone Baby Gone, which was – Oh, that's a great um, movie. Yeah, F- I need Hulk to rewatch
1: Hulk. that again. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm with you, though. I love that. I also love it when you get surprised by a good movie like that. So, like, as you're watching, like, halfway through, you're like, oh, my God, this is really freaking good. Yeah. Um, That's a, that's an awesome feeling to have as well. So good
1: pick, man. Yeah. That was, that was a nugget that I just came upon and I was like, oh yeah, I heard about this and I love flying in with low expectations. And then all of a sudden, just like you said, I I just got shot out like a rocket. It was just like, man, that was such a good movie and no one else has seen it. So I haven't, I haven't been able to talk to anyone about it. So definitely people, if you know me, go check it out and then shoot me up with some texts. All right. Cause it's a great flick.
0: Love (laughs) it. Love it. All right, man, for my number five, uh, I gotta I gotta bring us down a little bit. I apologize. I right. on a down note, but uh I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh today being uh July twenty fourth, uh we lost Rucker Hauer today. Yes, uh, yes. And very sad. Um apparently he died a couple days ago and they just announced that like the funeral had just happened and things like that. So they kinda of rolled out everything at once. Um, you know, the thing with Rucker Hauer, I mean, obviously a lot of people know him from like, you know, Blade Runner and um, you know, little you know, Batman, uh,
1: the Dark Knight, and Hobo with a shotgun, Hobo with a shotgun, which is an incredible, <laughs> movie, by the way.
0: Um, but he's definitely, uh, you know, what was weird was that, like, he was one of those actors, and I, I know we've talked about this before about actors that were like, you know, who've flown under the radar, but every time you mention them, they're like, oh, yeah, like, I love that guy. Um, he was one of them for me, and you know, I, I looked at his IMDb and I, I was like, oh, yeah, he didn't do a lot of movies that a i've seen i probably i've only seen probably a handful of things that he's in um but you know i still i still had mucho respect for the guy for the stuff that i did see him in and anytime he brought his name up i was like hell yeah Ruckerhauer. uh ben i just wanted your thoughts on, on the man himself and, and his films um in general go ahead
1: so as a cult movie guru uh Howard has a Small place in my heart nice. <laughs> as far as that. He's in a movie called Blind Fury, where he plays a blind guy that uh, takes a kid on the road and he wields a samurai sword. And there's a, a couple of scenes where he's fighting people with a samurai sword in a, a cornfield. Great flick. There's Nighthawks with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Mm. Uh, that's a great flick. And then there's another movie called Flesh Plus Blood. Ooh, that's that. what it's actually spelled Flesh Plus Blood. It's like 1985 um pre robocop paul verhoeven directing Ooh. and rucker Hauer. it takes place in like the medieval times during the uh, the, the the black plague <laughs> it is a dark dirty dirty movie rucker Hauer is just at the master of his bad guy helm like i mean there's some people that can just play villains and he is in that movie he is such a great villain that you just hate him like you despise him and he's just he's just wielding his power it's just awesome that's a great flick and you know he had that little resurgence with Hobo with a shotgun um, mm-hmm. and that I think Hobo with a shotgun kind of got made because of the Grindhouse movies and the Grindhouse trailers right um, and that was kind of a resurgence you almost thought it was like part of that I, I, there was some sort of connection with with that in the the trailers or something like that I think maybe Tarantino just said oh that mo- that trailer looks great and they kind of did it. I think they made it like that. They made the trailer and then got their funding for the movie. And he was never scared to, he was a working actor. And we talk about working actors and people that don't get a lot of recognition. And he wasn't scared to take movies and film projects that were these low budget, crazy film films that would have them have him doing crazy prosthetic work and just off the wall, zany stuff. Um, he was a bilingual actor. He knew German, he's in some German films. Um, I don't know. Just great stuff. Chris, is there any, uh, do you think of Blade Runner when you think of him?
0: Oh, he's the first thing I think of
1: when I think of Blade
0: Runner. Uh, And then I think of the visual effects because he was so freaking good in that movie. Yeah. He's just, he's just one of those actors that you you revere in a way that sometimes you don't know why you revere them, but you revere them nonetheless. And you know, he's on that list for me. And so, yeah, very sad. Also, I think he was, I didn't see the age, but I, I just reacted to it like, Oh, that's young you know, the like key
1: 75, I think. Yes. Right that
0: kind of feels yeah. young nowadays. So, um, yeah, no, just, just sad that we don't get to see him continue to do just really obscure kick-ass work, but, um, you know, really appreciative of the library that he left behind. So yeah. So RIP Rucker Hauer. Love him, man.
1: Yes, sir. There yes, you go. Yes, yes.
0: All right, dude, let's go YouTube and my friend
1: YouTube. And yeah. Um, YouTube and let's pull it up. So, uh, Chris, so this week I, you know, I brought up the um, what do you call it? Paul McCartney, bring Ringo Starr up on the stage. Yep. And, uh, that was an awesome event and definitely Google that. I can't wait to see like the nice cleaned up version of that. That just looks awesome. Live at Dodger stadium. Uh, there's the Joe Walsh clip.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: great. Um, and then I kind of went through some, um, music stuff. So as we've been on the little reprieve, I found this great Nirvana, um, Teatro Castellano, Rome, Italy, 1991, full concert, 55 minutes. That's a great concert. Check that out. And then also Operation Ivy is this great ska band from the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, it's live at Berkeley, California. It's a it's an hour and eight, and it is punk rock to the fullest. Um, I think in the middle of the show, the bassist bass stops working, and someone in the audience has to give them a bass. Amazing. <laughs> and they get a play, amazing so a five minute delay. That was great. And uh, those were some great kind of movie things. And then of course um, I watched that George Harrison documentary. So there's a bunch of George Harrison kind of stuff on YouTube. Uh, Why did George Harrison write while my guitar gently weeps Um, Mm. and just talking about how the dichotomy of the Beatles was so interesting and how getting songs on the album, for him was such a weird thing, especially when you have Lennon McCarthy McCartney just sitting there, just banging out hit after hit after hit. Right. And, you know, but when you think of the Beatles, it's hard not to think about some of the iconic songs that were written by George, like something. And while my guitar gently weeps and tax man and all those songs. So uh, check it out. There's plenty of awesome music on YouTube. That's, that was my, that was my big thing over the past week.
0: I love it. I, I think on a previous podcast, we talked about genres of music that we just could never get into. For me in high school, yeah. it was ska and like that resurgence of swing music that
1: we had. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that was a kind of a, a brief thing. But Operation Ivy, Chris, Good they stuff. only have one album. Yeah. One album is called Energy. Uh, it actually might be on Amazon Music. Just check it out. Give it a listen. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's ska core. So it's a little harder. So it's but it's just I think it's a four piece band. I think it's a guitar, bass, drum singer and just really fast and dirty. Those guys are great and Catch 22 is a great other band. I would if you if you've never gotten into them and you want to hit the kind of peaks of it and of course the specials from the early 80s. So there's a different waves of ska. I'm a giant ska nerd. So <laughs> there's different waves of ska and you could actually say that Sublime is part of the third wave of ska too.
0: There you go. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe so. it's cuz I didn't like the kids that like that music. So right. I could probably so you. Didn't
1: like me, you scumbag. I, I mean,
0: <laughs> god we'd be at like a homecoming dance and we'd be having a good time and then they put on like 311 or you know oh sublime.
1: that's different that's a little different and
0: the, it would just shut down the whole thing or like the big bad voodoo daddies and i'm like i i hate these kids so like, yeah it's probably well i'd be the more.
1: kid that would request killing in the name of by uh well see that
0: that i would have been fine machine. with that but like oh, <laughs> i love it man good stuff um yeah for me I, I didn't do a lot of YouTube this week. I mean, a lot of my YouTube was just watching stuff from Comic-Con on YouTube, but, um, Oh yeah.
1: I mean, we did talk about a lot of trailers. There's so many. Trailers. And there, actually, actually there's another trailer that we didn't even talk about was the snow piercer trailer. Oh
0: yeah. That looked that fantastic.
1: Interesting. Yeah. What an interesting kind of movie that we've talked about That is just this weird kind of movie that came out and didn't do that well. And it's just this weird, odd movie on a train. And that's a cool movie to expand into a show.
0: Right. Right. And then, um, uh, the It Chapter 2 trailer dropped as well, which looks yep. freaking terrifying. So loving everything. But one thing that I looked at, at YouTube, um, and actually it's actually not even on YouTube, but also like Facebook, their video section too. Um, I don't know the name of this family. I got to look them up. I should have looked them up before this podcast. But um, it's this British family where it's a mom and grandmother and like four kids that are all kind of grown up and teenagers in their 20s. But what they do is they constantly prank each other. And they just do these compilation videos where they just all in a row do like the worst pranks I've ever seen on one another. So, for instance, they do this thing called um, pause, where let's say you are pouring yourself a bowl of cereal and you're pouring the milk into the bowl, and I yell pause, you have to hold still until I say unpause, but your your milk is still going into the bowl, so it gets all over the
1: place. Um, why, why? Why do they do that? Why would you ever stop? Or is it, <laughs> what happens if you don't stop? I. I um, I,
0: good that's a good question you don't
1: we I'm don't know scared yet. they just keep going
0: um then they have another game called um catch where like let's say you're you know doing yard work or something like that and i come running out and i say catch and i throw a water balloon at you and you have to somehow <laughs> catch it um without it you know shattering or something like that but they do it at the most like inconvenient times like when the mom's like trying to fold laundry and the kid comes right and says mom catch <laughs> um screams another one which i actually thought was um was was pretty good was uh does this make you angry and um so <laughs> the oh, i think it's the oldest brother um literally like lights a fire inside his sister's shoes and starts roasting marshmallows inside her like <laughs> from the fire that he lit from inside her shoe <laughs> and he's like does this make you angry and they're british by the way, oh. by the way they're british which only adds oh the, the voices yeah just the um,
1: accent oh and oh my god i gotta check that out that sh- sounds awesome just like
0: just youtube british family pranks yeah they're okay. they're to die for love it
1: <laughs> right, i'll so. check that out that sounds awesome
0: <laughs> fantastic all right folks well that's gonna do it for us ben what do you what do you got what do you want to plug anything going on
1: uh no i'm just, you know what i just all my recommendations this week i know that uh um, we we did a fast and dirty podcast. Oh my god. Night, just hour,
0: like, hour and six minutes right now.
1: That's crazy with Comic-Con and everything. Um, I just want to I, I'm going to see that Lennon Claypool Delirium thing, and I cannot wait. Um, they have two albums out, but this new one is awesome. They did a couple live performances on Stephen Colbert. That's on YouTube. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just can't recommend them enough. I cannot wait. It's almost like Prague Rock. It's almost like I would say like a little rush in the instrumentations like very, you know, bass heavy. Of course it's less Claypool from Primus Uh and uh, you cannot help but draw comparisons to the Beatles with that voice. I mean, he sounds like John Lennon sometimes it's kind of crazy. So I don't know, check it out. I I don't know, Chris, I just, the summer of music for me. So I'm just going to see a ton of bands and rock and roll. dude.
0: I love it. Yeah. Nothing really going on. I mean, just, you know, keep looking the blog. Uh, You know, we we, are putting up new stuff every single day on the blog, new content every single day, um, on our Facebook pages, our YouTube pages, our, our,
1: Oh, Hey, go ahead. Chris, did you, did you hear anything more from those guys with that little controversy that you had going on? Oh, with any more kind of with the guy making fun of male genitalia and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you a quick update
0: actually. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to hear that. Basically they've, uh, the, the broadwayradio.com, uh, apologized. And then their apology was not accepted well because it was a terrible apology. So instead of just you know leaving it out there and then trying again, they just took it down. So there's no apology at at all on BroadwayRadio.com. Apparently, they um, have offered to meet with the um, producers and cast and and in person to apologize and things like that. Uh, I'm waiting to actually hear if they've done that because according to a couple cast members apparently that that meeting has been canceled and that they don't want to meet anymore. Um,
1: Yeah, dude. Well, that's nothing like, you know, being a victim and then meeting your (laughs) abusers in real life.
0: And then like, um, apparently they, the Broadway radio sent an email to a couple of the cast members asking them not to, you know, to further the incident, like by continually posting how much Broadway radio sucks, um, so to speak. (laughs) So like, and they're like, Actually, we'll just keep saying what we want to do because you guys are dicks. So again,
1: yeah, we're gonna do it more. We're gonna do it doubly.
0: <laughs> again, you know, James Marino, um, you know, Peter Felicia, and the rest of his cronies over at Broadway Radio just com- you know continue to sully their already you know amateur reputation, so to speak. So, you know, I guess they're just they're okay with just going back to their non-relevance, which is fine with m- fine with me. But I'll I'll just keep calling them out um, you know, until they do. So, so there you go. So screw awesome.
1: yeah, you've had, Hey, actually on, on stage, I've liked a couple of posts. You've had really cool articles this week. I forget them right now off the top of my head, but thank
0: you. Thank you. Yeah. We got some good stuff. I mean, you know, we also got some stuff now from uh, folks across the pond, which mm. is awesome. So we're starting to get a lot more UK presence. So they're actually bringing a lot of their issues uh, over to our blog, which is awesome. That's awesome. So, and
1: actually my, yeah. my buddy, uh, Jen's uh, website, 25 years later, very similar to yours, as far as you know, having podcasts and uh, articles, you know, not necessarily just about theater. So it's it is different. It's a little more about entertainment and kind of stuff. They've been rocking and rolling. So all these all these people that I know have awesome kind of websites that are just rocking. So keep up the good work, dude. Yeah. it's good stuff.
0: And you're you're a major part of it. Oh, so there you go, man. You. Love it, love it. Also, I want to do a quick shout out to my friend Ken, who is doing a a massive project for the blog, which should be released, I think by like Christmas time, but he is basically going to post the 100 greatest films of this decade by Christmas, I believe. Um, so he is literally going and watching, I think, I think he's actually going to probably watch a thousand films before Christmas, um, that he feels qualifies to be mentioned on this list. And he told me that, uh, it's basically watching two or three movies a day. Like it's crazy how many movies he's watching. Um, so just keep up the good work, Ken. No, that, <laughs> that sounds can't awesome. Wait can't wait those. to
1: read that. That's gonna be great.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really. He's got a pretty good perspective. Uh, he just put out an article, um, like his 10 movie highs of the year so far. Midsummer obviously was on it. Mm-hmm. Um, couple the lobster was on it. A couple other, you know, really good good movies. So um, yeah, so I can't wait to read that. So there you go. All right, folks. Well, we will see you right here next week on. Of course, desperately seeking entertainment. Ben, thank you so much, my man. No problem. See you guys.